This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. It may shock you to find out that there's a debate in the fly fishing world. And that is, is social media good or bad? Now, part of that statement is said with a little bit of sarcasm and humor. But I think that for many people, if you were to give this podcast to everyone who fly fishes, and you know what, I would encourage you to do so, and that they subscribe and like on iTunes, and then go to castingcross.com to read um, the articles on there. But... If this podcast were to be distributed to everybody who fly fishes, even just in the United States, I truly believe the vast majority of them would say, I didn't know that there was a debate about social media and fly fishing. Because most people who fly fish aren't on social media. Most people who fly fish just go fly fishing. They might have friends who fly fish. They might have a Trout Unlimited chapter that they spend time with that fly fishes. But they are not on their phones scrolling and tapping and um, liking and following and unfollowing and making comments about people who like, follow, and unfollow. Um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with any of those things. I'll get to that in a little bit. But I'm saying there's a lot of people out there across the age demographics, across all the other demographics you can think of, who fly fish but don't spend their time online. Uh, looking at people who fly fish and interacting with people who fly fish. So I think that's important for us to remember. I think um, because this is a topic that is popular and, and me talking about it in the middle of 2019, relatively late to the game in putting my two cents in, but this is something that's received a lot of conversation, but I think it's disproportionate to the amount of people who are talking about fly fishing generally, if that makes sense. And so that leads me to my second thing, and I think that's worth pointing out, and I don't mean this to be, you know, super critical, but I think it's it's, um, well-founded, and I'll explain that momentarily, but that the people who are most vocal and most critical about 
um, people using social media and fly fishing, many of them, not all of them, many of them, it's kind of like the sophomores teasing the freshmen. Um, a lot of times it's being done in pretty immature ways. It's being done in ways that are looking to win the argument, not necessarily win the person. Um, show your moral superiority as an angler, whatever that's worth, um, and their um, obvious ignorance of best fish handling practices or um, you know, some made-up standard of how many pictures of a fish should be taken or things like that. Now, are there valid points and things that need to be um, addressed out there? Absolutely. But I find a lot of the um, self-proclaimed uh, internet police um, don't have a lot of tact. And again, they're looking to win an argument, not win a person. It's almost as if the desired result is that person uh, shutters their social media account, um, puts all their uh, fly rods up for consignment sale, and never steps on the river again, rather than, you made a mistake, try to do better in the future. Again, for whatever that's worth, I understand that I'm saying that um, into a microphone behind a computer, not to someone's face, but um, that's, that's just my observation. And not all people who criticize social media are like that, but that is as in anything, um, something as enormous as politics or religion or anything else. There's a lot of bravery behind a keyboard and in a comment and a not a lot of um, seeking out of real conversations. Things that are said online would never be said to someone's face. And if they were said to someone's face, um, there would be an issue. Um, but again, that's something that's not just in fly fishing, that's across the board. And going back to the initial point, I think a lot of people out there would be really shocked at some of the uh, kind of interactions that happen on social media um, because that's just not their thing. Um, most people, it's not their thing. So anyway, um, social media and fly fishing. There's people that believe it's very, very good and people that believe it's very, very bad. And I think they both have very valid points. I'm not here to necessarily advocate for one position or the other. Um, I'd like to kind of give a different way of looking at it, and that's that social media on its own is neutral. That's not different. It's not original, but that's the way I think about it. Social media, and primarily, again, in 2019 for fly fishing, that's Instagram, um, a photo sharing app that people have on their phones um, is morally neutral. Let me give an example kind of, of, of moral neutrality of a, um, of a thing. Uh, so you have a room, and in that room there's a table, and on that table there's a firearm. Um, say it's a rifle. Um, and some people get up in arms about the idea of arms, but um, I think we'll just have to roll with me on the analogy and, and save your criticisms of, uh, of guns for, for something else. Um, but that gun on the table in a room is morally neutral. A gun is not inherently good. A gun is not inherently bad. A gun is uh, steel and wood, and um, that's all it is. However, it can be used for a very good purpose. If that room is in someone's home and their home is being invaded, um, or a, a bear or a person or you know a zombie is coming in um, and they use that gun to defend their family, their children, their wife, their husband, whatever, um, then that gun has taken up a noble cause because it's in the hands of somebody who is seeking something noble. Um, it is not just the act of nobility that makes that um, item, that morally neutral item, good. 
there can also be symbolism that makes it good. So that, um, that gun hung up on the wall, not being used, reminding people of the time that mom or dad or, you know, John Boy picked it up and defended the house against the intruder. It's not being used for, it's not being shot. It's not being shouldered. It's simply being displayed. But in that there's symbolism of, of something good, but the gun itself is not morally good, nor is it morally bad if um, it is picked up and it is used for um, murder for uh, holding up a, um, uh, a convenience store. The person's bad, um, and, and the person's obviously making a very, very bad choice. They're doing something illegal. They're doing something morally wrong. From an objective standard, it is morally wrong. But is the gun bad? The gun might be used for something bad, as, as, as small as them holding it, thinking I might do something bad, all the way up to actually committing homicide. But it's not the weapon itself. And you could substitute gun for uh, rock or baseball bat or um, uh, battle mace or something like that. And it's, it's all the same thing. But you can have the very same weapon used for very disparate reasons. And I think that goes to show that there's moral neutrality. The very same weapon, and this is not historically accurate, could be used in a parade in the 1940s in Washington, D.C. and in Berlin. And they would both symbolize very, very different things. And it doesn't mean that one that came off the production line first was a good thing and the one that came off the line second was a bad thing. Um, you could make the same argument about boots or um, sunglasses or anything else. Um, if you, uh, you know, no one says aviator sunglasses are morally evil because the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, uh, wore them or hoodies because Ted Kaczynski uh, wore them or anything like that. Um, things certainly represent uh, um, things that are good and things that are bad, but on their own, they are not um, good or evil. I, that's a very long analogy, and um, it, you know that gets you excited, or you think I thought this was a fly fishing podcast. But I think that social media uh, in general, and fly fishing social media in particular, falls into that same category. It can be used for good. It can be used for evil. It can be used for the benefit of people and fisheries. It can be used to the detriment of people and fisheries. Um, but on its own, it is morally neutral. So all that to say, I understand that a lot of people find it easy to show off, to demonstrate pride, and to do so in ways that damage fish and damage um, their ecosystems through social media. But I would argue that it didn't start in 2000 and whatever when um, social media uh, took off and became present on the you know on the palm of our hands and our phones. Um, I think this probably happened in our grandparents' generation, or if you are older in you know your generation and your grandparents' generation. This would happen at the fly shop. Somebody come in, say, I killed 15 trout today, simply because they wanted to tell other people they killed 15 trout that day. Not because they need to feed their family, not because they had a string of bad luck and were, were accidentally foul-hooking things, not because they were well within their limit and they, they legitimately just wanted to keep 15 trout, but because they wanted to show off how good of an angler they were and they wanted to make themselves look better. It didn't equate into little digital red hearts that added up underneath the photograph, but it made you know Bob and Steve and Harry at the fly shop say, wow, you're quite the angler. This would happen at the fly shop. This would happen at the bar. This would happen at the boat 
ramp. Now, does social media on a phone make it easier? In a way, yes, it does. But at the same time, it also makes positive things easier. So you have to understand, we have to take the good with the bad. So if there was a shutdown of a river, for example, and this wasn't necessarily something that would have been done 50 years ago, but because of, um, uh, of heat, of drought, or something like that, or just a, a change in regulations, or even something for the angler's safety, a chemical spill, um, a bear sighting, um, you would have had to have gone to the fly shop to get that news to stay off the river or to, to meet up at the river for a certain um, project or something like that. But today, that can be shared very, very quickly um, with a couple taps of the thumb, and dozens, hundreds, thousands of people can have that information, whereas 50 years ago, they would have actually had to have gone to those places and just happened to be there at the right time to get that information. So I think you see there the dichotomy, the, the good and the bad that comes with social media. I'm not going to necessarily advocate using it or not using it. I enjoy using it. Um, I, I, I think that there's a lot of benefits for it. I think it's great to be able to share things. Personally, I use it um, not to necessarily show what Matthew catches, but as a vehicle for kind of pushing casting across. I run a fly fishing website and a podcast, and, and uh, I'll, as much as I like people to see pictures of my fish, I kind of like it to steer towards my writing. That's what I do. So... Uh, I'm not doing it to be sneaky. It's not a bait and switch. Like you're happy looking at my fish, but underneath it, it's really a ploy to get you to log on so I get views. But I mean, it's, it's all part of kind of marketing, I guess you could say. And a lot of people use it for that also. Um, small companies, instead of paying big bucks to a marketing agency, they are able to just take pictures of their products and put it on there. And I know a lot of people have problems with that too because they assume that the fish that are in the marketing pictures have probably been mishandled. And that probably happens, but you can't vilify an entire practice because some in that that are that are partaking in that practice are doing bad things. Uh, it's it's we can't paint with a broad brush. Um, it's very very funny that we uh, live in a day and age where the idea of objective morality is very very silly, and people don't uh, ascend to that anymore. Um, but at the same time, it's very very quick to paint with broad brushes and just lump people into categories. Uh, the idea of tolerance and intolerance in something as small and minute as the fly fishing community, I think is indicative of just kind of where we are as a culture, kind of not knowing up from upstream from downstream, if you will. Um, so again, I'm not going to advocate uh, one position or another, using it or not using it. People who use it, use it for good things. People who use it, use it for bad things. People who don't use it, I mean, they, they have their reasons also. But what I would say is if you do feel compelled to correct somebody, you know, it's not about winning an argument. It's not about um, looking like a white knight or a uh, trout justice warrior or anything like that on a comment on Instagram. It shouldn't be, I should say. For, for you, it might be. Um, I think that some people, the, the, the intention of their comments, either directly or in direct messaging or anything like that, is not that that person would learn better fish handling practices, but that they would um, close down their social media account, uh, sell all their fly fishing equipment, and never step stream, foot on a stream again. I honestly, I mean, that's the way it comes across, that people think that if you've made a couple of cardinal sins, um, you know, uh, not keeping a fish wet 
or um, you know grabbing a, a fish improperly that you have now disqualified yourself and you're excommunicated from the um, the culture of fly fishing and you know you might say that's extreme but if you read comments on there and sometimes I find them humorous other times I find them sad that people actually treat other people that way um, from the the safety of uh, of their little screen um, with their thumbs um, do some people do things that are incredibly naive at best and idiotic at worst um, in the way they handle fish and the way that they treat the resource yes do they deserve to be called out on it probably but how do you do that again is it to win the argument to look good for anybody who might come across your contact or your comment or is it to correct is it to rebuke is it to um to to move them in the, the right direction so you know the reality is is that um this would take a lot of guts but if you did see somebody and you knew it was like a local fishery that you were aware of and they were having a problem you know instead of putting a comment on they're like i saw you doing this you're an idiot um, what about a direct message saying, hey, this is so-and-so. I saw this picture. I had a question for you. Feel free to give me a call or a text. Here's my number. You might think that's crazy. You might think that that's opening the door for, for all manner of, um, you know, uh, of bad things. But if you really are that passionate about something that you would go as far as to write something uh, mean, for lack of a better term, on social media, then why not say it to their face? Why not say, hey, um, I noticed this. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'd like to hear it from you. This is where social media, actually, I think there is something that is not inherently um, morally neutral, but quickly leads to something bad, and that's the impersonalization of relationship. The impersonalization, I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. It's taking the personal nature away from what are truly um, personal interactions. All of this, and as I'm saying, as I'm 16 minutes into it, you know, again, this is so, so minute and so silly for so many people. But the fact of the matter is, is that I get on to see pictures of the, you know, 300 or so people I follows, you know, um, fish they've caught and the new products they've come out with. And every once in a while, you see a comment or an account that pops up and it's just all negative. And, you know, it, it, it kind of bums me out. It's a buzzkill. And uh, you know that um, if, especially if somebody is the target of their ire that might not deserve it because of what they're doing um, is, again, that naivety, you, you really wonder, you know, what's, what's being accomplished here. So, again, fly fishing social media is, I, I, I feel like I've made a decent case that it is morally neutral. And um, what we need to be more concerned about is people's motives people's hearts, people's priorities. And the only way to make a difference in that is not for blasting people online, but it's to have actual conversations and uh, real dialogue. And that's where, um, that's where progress happens. This week on Casting Across, um, I have a few articles. The first one was called uh, Fly Fishing Gear, Three Things to Leave, Three to Bring. And just a very simple article. I mean, you know, you might think that these kinds of articles are a dime a dozen out there on the internet, and they're very, very common. But this one um, takes a little bit of a spin. It's different spin. Three things that people usually bring on the water that I don't think they need to bring, and three things they might not bring that I think are worth bringing. So um, 
check it out if you have something you would insert in one of those categories it'd be great to leave um, in the notes of that uh, article or shoot me an email and I can maybe share it on one of the future podcasts the second one that came out in the week and this was um, uh, called fly fishing with family a three-act play so I went to the beach with my family and uh, hilarity ensued and I'll just tell you the end of the story no fish were caught and there was damage to fly fishing gear. But you want to check that out, called Fly Fishing with Family, a three-act play. This week's recommendation is the Angler's Pint. The Angler's Pint is a glass. Um, it is actually larger than a pint glass, so it is a very, very high-quality glass um, with some legitimately awesome fly fishing, and or just fishing, um, art on the side, um, done by artist Karen Talbot. They're produced up in Maine, and um, they really are quality glassware. I mean, you can get a cup with a fish on it anywhere, but these are great glasses, Whether no matter what you put in it. Um, they are good because they're large, um, they're distinctive, um, they come in, again, the big pint glasses, and they also have little uh, shorter, shorter glasses, but freshwater, saltwater, um, flies, um, there's, there's some that get put out for various, uh, events and things like that. Um, and then there's also, uh, you know, some, the, the original art you can get. There's stem glasses, you name it. Just, if you go to anglerspint.com, you can see them. They're available at Orvis also. Um, but they're just really cool. They made my father's gift guide last year on castingacross.com. And I think they're going to make it again this year because they're just cool. And any dad or anyone else would be happy to not just have one, but probably have two hint, hint family. Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.